This is the DGen Football Podcast. I am your host, Darius, and with me, as always, my two good friends, Mitch and Bean. And boys, our question of the week is, what is going on in the NFC this season? Lots of craziness, standings we didn't expect. Uh, but before we really dig into that, uh, we'll go over what we're doing today. We're going to start, as always, with our winners and losers of the Week 8 slate. Then we're going to get into our fantasy football recap, highlight our top and bottom performers from the week, and use that as our opportunity to highlight some games. Then we're going to get into the week nine slate, where we have a lot of weeks on by, or a lot of teams on by this week, but uh, still some pretty interesting games. We're going to kick it off in Houston, uh, where the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be taking on the Texans uh, for Thursday night. Then we're going to get into our betting preview with our locks of the week, our long shot bets, and finally our overs and unders. Then we're going to wrap it up with our game of the week preview and touch on any other games that we miss. Uh, so we got a packed show. I'm really excited. There's a lot to cover. Bean, let's kick it off with the bad news. How did we do betting in week eight? Well, keeping in mind that there is in week eight, we had six total bets, um, two locks of the week. Uh, I would say not bad because you, let's start off with you. You were the only person who went over 500, four and two record. Pretty impressive, especially with two locks in there, as I mentioned. I went 500 at three and three. You know, I I was almost four and two. I, I was going to say I was hoping that the uh, Denver minus five hit, but they only won by four points. So that is an L. Um, not as big as the L that Mitch took, though, unfortunately, because one in five um, and another week of being way below 500, Mitch. Apologies. It's okay. I didn't fade myself last week. Mistakes were made. We're moving on. Yeah, and speaking of uh, Mitch taking L's, it is officially rivalry week in fantasy football. Mitch and I are facing each other. And Mitch is going to take a fantasy football L this week. But before we get to that, let's talk about some high points on the week. Kicking it off with our winners of the week. Mitch, since I just threw you under the bus, I'll let you kick it off with some positive news. You know, I'm going to start off in a game that everybody would expect. We're going to talk about the Bears-Cowboys. But we're going to talk about a cowboy this time. And his name is Tony Pollard. Because he went absolutely insane, had an, a career day on a day that Zeke was out due to injury. So my winner of the week is not only Tony Pollard, but our good friend Griggs, who I traded Tony Pollard to earlier in the season in fantasy. So congratulations to both of them for utterly destroying the Bears defense. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. And it sparks the question of who should be the Cowboys starting running back, to which Jerry Jones, without a doubt, said it should be Zeke but I mean for the rest of us who aren't in uh, his deluded mind who knows Bean who was your winner of the week I gotta agree with you I think 
Tony Pollard is more explosive. You saw it at the Rams. You saw it this week. But um, moving on to my winner of the week, I think it's the entire Vikings organization because uh, they've shown that um, they're the only team in the NFC North um, that is actually strengthening to a good level. They just got tight end TJ Hawkinson today. And I think that was probably the only piece missing from their offense. Last year, they had Tyler Conklin um, and, you know, Irv Smith, their tight end this this season um, has been injured. And then they go and bring, get the best one of the best tight ends in the NFC North, maybe even in the NFC. Um, and then, you know, everybody remembers that J.J. Watt celebration, you know, imitating Jared Allen. He gets into the ring of honor and then they beat the Cardinals. So they get revenge on J.J. Watt. And they're 6-1. and one. They're on a five-game win streak. Um, and they're probably going to get their sixth win this week against the uh, Washington Commanders. So, uh, yeah, the whole organization is just, you know, just, just on a high. I love that pick. And I think you might have just inspired me, especially bringing up T.J. Hawkinson. I might have to start Kirk Cousins and let Kirk Cousins destroy Mitch this week in fantasy. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> if I lose to Kirk Cousins, I will take it. <laughs> <laughs> it's either him or uh, Tom Brady going against the Rams. And, uh, you know, at this point, I honestly think I have more faith in Kirk Cousins than Tom Brady because he has not looked very good this year. Hey, going through a divorce will do that to you. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, my winner of the week, I'm going to keep it with the running backs with you, Mitch. Christian McCaffrey. Um not only did he have the trifecta of touchdowns, passing, receiving, and rushing for one, which I believe it was the first time that's been done since 2005, um, he got off of a absolutely horrendous Panthers team, and he's now on the 49ers and is now making them look like possible playoff even dare I say NFC or Super Bowl contenders, um, well, I don't personally believe in that. I mean, they they look pretty good. Uh, I'd say it's hard to argue with that at the moment. Um, and I really just think the the style of offense that the 49ers run is perfect for him. I'm super happy for McCaffrey. Um, couldn't be a better fit for that guy. Yeah, honestly. With that team, that that offense, like, holy shit, they have – the most complete like running back slash these sort of jet sweep plays like they they can they can do any of that um even with jimmy g i like the pick yeah and i think he's now going to be the only main running back in the um in the backfield i don't know if it actually went through or not but i know the 49ers are trying to trade jeff wilson um but either way he played practically no role last week and with them going into the bye week this week McCaffrey's just going to get involved more and more into that offense absolutely I, I like it and I will say in our flawless transition to our fantasy football teams I had to play Christian McCaffrey this week and oh my god was it terrifying <laughs> yeah had, had the guy you faced not forgotten to uh take one of his wide receivers out of his lineup you would have lost I would have, but you know what? My fantasy week was really all about the two Derricks. Derek Carr, who scored me exactly one and a half points. Thank you very much, Raiders. And Derek Henry, who single-handedly saved my season. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely the week of the running back this week. That is for sure. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, 
I know Derrick Henry's been tearing up the Texans for a little while now, but uh, especially with a rookie quarterback and Malik Willis coming in and playing, he really put the team on his back. And uh, I mean, they grinded out a win. Um, it did not come easy this week against the Texans, but they they grinded it out and and they caught a dub. Hey, a win's a win. True that. Uh, the Raiders, on the other hand, uh, yeah, that that was a a tough showing. So um, Josh Jacobs did not score me many points either. The the Raiders, I, I don't know that I can say one positive thing about that team this week. Yeah, honestly, like there is so many questions about the Raiders right now, even to the point at which that uh, the hierarchy is to come and say that Josh McDaniels is our coach um, because everybody around the, the league is thinking that that position is going to become available. Imagine the first head coach being Carolinas and then the Raiders with that team, the second head coach to be fired. That's this is a bad look. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I guess continuing on with our fantasy football recap, um, since Mitch decided to skip the losers of the week, we'll I come back to I figured there were so many of them, we had to give it its own moment. In- <laughs> <laughs> You're Thanks. right. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that in just a minute. Um, Bean, who was your top and who was your bottom performer this week? I guess start with the top. All right, top performer of the week uh, is Dak Prescott. Um, it was the week where... Um, Luckily, it happened to be a high-scoring affair, so he threw the ball quite a bit. But he also rushed for a touchdown, which did help um, sort of neutralize the pick he threw in terms of points. Um, 30 points, I think, is what he got me, which was good. But it was a week where the guy who I was playing uh, started Zeke, who was inactive. So uh, <laughs> tough luck. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, he went off the week I didn't need him to. Sort of a, a little more tougher matchup coming up but he's on by um so good week for Dak in that sense the worst performer was Gus Edwards um and I know he had injuries but he only got me six points still keeping on seeing what the Ravens do with him in terms of their running game coming up against the Saints so yeah the, the Ravens as a team looked all right against the Bucks, but uh I also, I mean, I didn't have him on my fantasy team, but I was pretty high on Gus Edwards uh, from a betting perspective after the performance he put up in the previous week. Um, But yeah, they definitely went in favor of Kenyon Drake this week, uh, which I thought was surprising, Um, even though I thought Gus Edwards performed better, especially as the game got later on. Yeah, that's two weeks in a row I've picked the wrong uh, Ravens running back to start, so I'm definitely not starting a Ravens running back this week. (laughs) <laughs> and watch them both go off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, my top performer finally had the breakout week that I've been waiting for uh, in the absolute uh, thrashing of the Las Vegas Raiders, Alvin Kamara. Uh, he had not scored a touchdown this entire season, and this week he put up three. Uh, so that was beautiful to see, even though the guy I was facing did have Andy Dalton. But both of Andy Dalton's touchdown passes were to Alvin Kamara, so it canceled out, uh, which kind of worked out in my favor. Um, but yeah, are, are the Saints for real is is my question. Are the Raiders just that bad? Because uh, in, in honor of our week question, which is what is going on in the NFC, the Saints aren't too far out of the playoff picture. They are... Uh, currently just a game out of first place in the nfc south um i don't know can they can they squeak in win that division i think this is a uh 
Zach Wilson, um, Joe Flacco moment for the Saints. If they bring back Jameis Winston in, think of that Arizona game that was 42-34. Andy Dalton threw for four touchdowns, but he threw in three interceptions. If that was Jameis, it'd probably just be three interceptions. So if if the the Saints want to actually have an offense that picks, they will continue to start Andy Dalton. And if they do, they probably have a shot, a shot winning the NFC South. Yeah, but I mean, I mean J- Jameis has some spits some mean bars before games, so <laughs> <laughs> Jameis eats those W's. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a weird conference. It's a weird division. Uh, the fact that the Falcons are currently leading that, I, I don't think it's out of the picture to say the Saints could win win that division. It's Absolutely. most definitely not. But I think even more terrifyingly, the Panthers are only two games out of the division. <laughs> True, but they have pretty much all but given up at this point. They traded oh. away McCaffrey. Granted, I mean they should have probably beat. The, I mean they definitely should have beat the Falcons this week. Um, yeah. DJ Moore's dumb, uh, not unnecessary roughness, but he took his helmet off and got 15 yards, missed the extra point, and then Pinheiro missed the uh, the 32 yard field goal in overtime. Um, the Panthers should have won that game, and they should be sitting in first place in that division right now. There's you know that DJ Moore taking his helmet off was actually supposed to be legal because he did it outside the end zone. I did not know that. So yeah, I mean that penalty that penalty should have not even been given. I I wow. did see that. Wow, crazy! That would have made it a four-way tie at three and five in the division. To be fair, though. Um... No, I, I think the Panthers are out of it. <laughs> yeah. um, I definitely think they are, but mathematically, they're still right in it, which is terrifying. Very true. Very true. Um, I could see this being the NFC uh, West of the year that Marshawn Lynch went beast mode and uh, the Seahawks beat the Saints in the first round of the playoffs. Um, I could see this year being something similar uh, with that nfc south hmm. I'll it wouldn't that. surprise me it wouldn't surprise me if a team finished eight and nine and won that division no not at all uh anyway my bottom performer this week was gabe davis only two catches for 29 yards um the bills didn't really need to play offense in the second half and therefore gabe davis didn't really catch anything um yeah, that, that game was kind of a a sleeper of a game. Not not very fun to watch. Not much to say there. The Packers are terrible. The Bills are really good, just like we expected. Yeah, and the Packers passed up on another wide receiver in Chase Claypool. <laughs> well, apparently they offered for – well, these are reports that I'm seeing, but apparently they offered for him, but uh, the Steelers traded him to the Bears because they think that the Bears are going to end up finishing with a worse record. At oh, least that's man. that's the rumors I saw. I don't know if there's any weight to that. Yeah, but I think the Packers in general right are like a dumpster fire right now. Um, they don't run. They, it's weird to say they have like one of the best like running back cores in the league. I think AJ Dillon is quite underrated, but they 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 just need to feed them the ball more. And I think they started to do that a little bit this week against the Bills. But um, yeah, they're not getting Aaron Rodgers any help. I think they just lost Christian Watson as well. Was he in concussion yeah. protocol? Yep, um, he is. And yeah, well, Romeo Dobbs had a really good catch in that game. 
Um, but apart from that, yeah, the, the Packers are like somewhere caught up between the future and the present and they just kind of like figure out like what they want to do in life. <laughs> yeah, I was I was high on Sammy Watkins going into that game thinking the Packers had no other receivers playing. Sammy Watkins is facing his old team um, and even he didn't do anything. So, yeah, uh, tough sledding, tough sledding in general for for quarterbacks that probably should have retired. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of people who are down on their luck, uh, we'll circle back now. We'll go to our losers of the week. Um, what do you say? We, we Let's do a round of honorable mentions, and then we'll come back to our official losers of the week. Bean, you want to start it off? Yeah, honorable mention, the Los Angeles Rams, losing by 17 at home. Um, Sean McVay getting outcoached by Shanahan again. Um, Jimmy G owning the Rams, um, almost losing Cooper Cup to injury would have been terrible for my fantasy team. But yeah, honorable mention. I love it. I love it. And that was one of your locks of the week. And it, it wasn't looking very good for a while, but the Rams are going to ram and lose to the 49ers as always. Facts. In the regular season, that is. Yep. <laughs> uh, Mitch, who's your honorable mention? I like it. Well, if you remember my long shot of the week last week, I was so confident. Confident. Wow. English is hard. In the Bengals that I took them alternate line minus eight and a half against the Browns. And then they get wrecked by the Browns. Um, they didn't look very good at all. Joe Burrow was so terrified of Miles Garrett. He literally just ran away with, from him instead of trying to tackle a guy. So, yeah, the Bengals losers. Yeah, I'll jump on that. They were my honorable mention as well, along with Derek Carr, but we already kind of talked about him. Uh, the Bengals are now 0-13 in their past 13 primetime away games. Um, I really thought they were going to break that streak. That did not happen. Um, all right, so the official locks of the week. Mitch, I'll, I'll circle right back to you. Who is your – or sorry, lo- loser of the week. Wow. It has been a week, and it is Tuesday night. Um, <laughs> all right, lock of the or lock. I said it again. There we go. Loser of the week, me apparently for not being able to speak. But Mitch, who you got as your official loser of the week? I'm gonna go with sophomore quarterbacks with an asterisk next to it that are not named Justin Fields. <laughs> Jeez. Of course, you managed <laughs> to slide him in there somehow. <laughs> but no, Trevor Lawrence played pretty abysmally. Uh, Zach Wilson, everybody now is trying to get rid of him and start from scratch again, uh, talking about how the Jets are this playoff caliber team, and Zach Wilson is the one missing piece that they need to replace. Uh, Mac Jones had a somewhat decent game. You know, they got the win, but he didn't do anything super special. One touchdown, one interception. So, you know, just guys didn't really show up in their second year so far, um, except for my man, Justin Fields, who's trending upwards, got his new receiver. Here we go to the future. Bears country. Let's roar. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know what a bear does, but sure. Let's claw, <laughs> eat honey. All right. Lo- other honorable mention loser of the week. Bad jokes whenever you're slap happy. Uh, being, being who you got. Uh, well, I, I, I just want to say, I have another honorable mention. Um, I was going to say the Jets because the, the whole, the Jets team, because they tried their best to lose that game. 
Um, they did lose, but as thanks to like as you mentioned, Zach Wilson's amazing quarterback play when he's trying to throw the ball away, he throws a pick. But the loser of the week is the referee who threw the flag on Pete Carroll in that Seahawks Giants game for apparently trying to elbow him at the end of the game. Did you guys see that? Yes, I did. He literally touched him, and you know, I know he's not probably not supposed to be on the on the pitch at that point, but. It was, there was nothing in it, and I feel like at that point the referees just wanted like some attention. And yeah, that's that's just the case of a ref getting his feelings hurt. Yeah, and it didn't do anything to the game. So, refs in general are ha, have been kind of losers this season, but that particular ref is a loser of the week. Agreed. I like the pick. Uh, my loser of the week. I hate to say it, um, because they've been a loser of the past. I don't know, two plus decades, the Detroit Lions, um, man, they came out and looked really good against the Dolphins. Uh, they went up by 14 twice in the game. Um, they put up 27 points in the first half and then none in the second half. And they ended up losing by four. So not only did they waste a huge lead or two huge leads, they also um, wasted a bye week. They they spent their extra week getting ready for the Dolphins, and then they couldn't couldn't pull through in the end. And finally, they just lost their their good tight end. T.J. Hawkinson was their leading receiver as far as yards go last week, and now he's off the team, uh, which makes you think that the Lions are tanking yet again. And uh, they're making me nervous. I, I think they're a solid team that'll, I mean, not solid, but like slightly above, way below average. And uh, so I think they'll win a couple more games. But man, they, they're, they're making me nervous for having a worse record than the Texans this year. Yeah, I think, you know what? Um, the Lions should have known as soon as they went up two scores that the Dolphins are going to show them the same movie that they showed the Ravens with that fourth quarter comeback. Um, they should have just run the ball and milked as much as the clock as as much of the clock as they could, but unfortunately, it didn't work out for them. So yeah, I agree. They're they're in like free fall right now. They're playing well, and it has to be like heartbreaking for them to lose games like this. Yeah, for sure. Um, great. Well, that was a a fun week eight. Let's get into our week nine slate, starting with our Thursday night football game, which uh, has the potential to be really exciting, um, not for the football game, but for the fact that the Eagles are playing in Houston and there's the potential that the Phillies could be playing in Houston, uh, I believe, the very next day. Um. The game itself, the Eagles are favored by 14, I'm sure, as most people expect. The over-under is 45. Mitch, I'll kick it over to you first. Uh, what do you like in this game? What is your going to be your bet pick? Well, I like one thing, and that's the Eagles. Um, I definitely don't like anything going on with the Texans. They are a abysmal franchise. I pray that they get the number one pick, though, over the Lions because I don't want to see the Lions get another top pick. That's just awful. But my bet is at minus 122, the Eagles to win both halves. Mm. Oh, yeah. I like it. I like it. That's a good pick. They, you were you did tell 
tell us beforehand uh, that you had a weird one, and I like it. I like it, it a lot. It's kind of off the wall, but you know, trying to look at the spread, it's just such a big spread that uh, you you never know what's going to happen with fourteen points. I think the Eagles could win this game by two. I also think the Eagles could win this game by forty. You never know. Yeah, fourteen is in that danger backdoor cover range, so I, I respect the decision. Uh, Bean, what do you like in this game? Yeah, no, I agree with like what Mitch said, and. The only team that the uh, Eagles have played close, I think, was uh, the Cardinals, um, where they had that last second field goal miss to help them out with the win there. Uh, and the Texans themselves played the uh, Titans within one score. Obviously, they didn't have Tannehill, but um, despite Derrick Henry running rogue, it was only a one-score game. But I like the uh, Houston Texans to score between 11 and 20 points for plus – 120. I think I think the only person making points in that game for the Texans would be Kaimi Fairbairn. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I think uh I mean the the Steelers put up 13 against the Eagles this week. Uh, I hate to say it, but uh the Texans aren't far behind from an offensive perspective. Uh I think a touchdown and two field goals is realistic or maybe a touchdown early and then a garbage touchdown late. Um I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, my Thursday night pick is not a what, but a who. And I Dallas Goddard. I'm biased here because he's my fantasy tight end. Um, but I noticed his over under for receiving yards was 45 and a half. Um, I love that over. Um, he has had over that in five of his seven games this week or this year. And um I think that's going to continue against a poor Texans defense. I like it. I like it. I think it'll happen. I'm willing into an existence for you. (laughs) Even though I'm facing you. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you got to get a man's hope up. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, For those of you wondering, um, when we came into our recording, uh, I guess online studio. Uh, I made my when I asked you for your name, I said Mitch takes fantasy L's. Um, so <laughs> the smack talk is going to be starting here in this podcast, but don't worry, it will be continuing all week because yeah. my team's getting hot at the right time. Yes. Hey, hey, Bean, can you do me a favor and read off our records for us real quick in fantasy? Yeah, for sure. After next week. thanks bean thanks (laughs) i I had to play devil's advocate i'm sorry Uh, (laughs) thought you had a bro's back but (laughs) hey you beat me in fantasy and i'd be darius so i have a little bit of respect (laughs) hey it'll Uh, be uh it'll be a full full circle or full triangle where we'll all beat each other so we'll have no true number (laughs) one between the three of us the basically the nfc south (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) All right, well, let's move on to the weekend slate where we are lacking some games this week because we've got six teams on by. We've got uh, out of the AFC North, the Browns and the Steelers. Uh, Out of the NFC East, we've got the Cowboys and the Giants. And then we've got a couple of Western teams and the 49ers and the Broncos. All six by. Unfortunately, we get to make no Russell Wilson memes this week. 
unless hopefully he does something embarrassing during the bye week. Um, but no Russell Wilson memes this week. We're missing a lot of teams, three games less than normal. But still lots of good things to bet on, that, uh, games to pick. So, Mitch, let's start with you. Who is your lock of the week in week nine? Yeah, my lock of the week this week is going to be the Packers at minus three and a half. Um, to me, you know, it's just looking at a team that should definitely beat the Lions. Although saying that I'm terrified because they haven't looked super great. But this was the only game I confidently looked at. I was like, oh, I think I know this, this spread pretty well. And uh, which means I'm going to lose. So I would highly encourage you all to bet on the Lions plus three and a half. <laughs> yeah, Mitch, you are making me conflicted here because uh, we we place our weekly lock of the week parlay, and you always tell me to fade you, and when I fade you, it works. But you said you were going to fade yourself this week, but that doesn't that pick doesn't sound like you're fading yourself. This is one that I'm not fading myself on. Oh God. <laughs> good luck to us <laughs> all right well normally i place the lock of the week parlay like right here while we're on air um i might have to hold off and, and talk to mitch for a little bit about this tomorrow <laughs> and see what he actually thinks i should do because oh but boys it's the lions they're so bad and they just lost one of their best you know pass catchers to me it makes so much sense that i hate it it makes too much sense to not bet this. And I, I I don't get it. Every ounce of my being is yelling, you're stupid. It's too sensible, but I don't know. All right. Well, we'll go with it. But uh, man, the Packers haven't shown me anything to, to bet on them. Like it's not even, not even anything to do with the lions. It's just the Packers have shown me no reason to bet on them. Although, I mean, to be fair, the Lions' defense is terrible, gives up a lot of points. Um, but, I mean, the Lions haven't, outside of the the Cowboys and the, the Patriots, they've not been getting blown out by teams. So, and the, and the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, I believe, is on his first ever four-game losing streak, which is insane. Yeah, no way that that goes to five. And they, if they win this game, they got to win it by more than four points. I just... I can't, my brain cannot wrap around the fact that the Packers could lose to the Lions in November. All right. I'll trust you. I'll trust you, Mitch. Uh, it's a lock of the week parlay. That's your opinion. You're entitled to it. it. It is your lock. That is why it's not me making a three game parlay. It is our lock of the week parlay. Uh, but I'll kick it over to Bean, who I'm sure has a much more sensible pick. Who do you have? Yeah, I'm just going to calm things down a little bit. And say the Vikings minus three and a half at Washington. Um, again, makes a lot of sense, but I think uh, the 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 Washington Commanders play play teams close. I know Heineke's been doing decently well, and they won last week. The Vikings just play solid football. They win close games. They probably keep. They'll probably still win by one score, but this minus three and a half looks really good in that sense. Yeah, I do like the Vikings a lot in this game. Uh, the three and a half as opposed to three kind of scares me, but I do think all around the Vikings are the much better team. It's a Kirk Cousins revenge game. Um, I like it. I like it. I love uh, it as well. Cool. Okay, we'll get back to it later. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, now watch. Now that I've talked a whole bunch of crap to Mitch, uh, watch my leg be the one that loses this week. Um, but I saw this line and I immediately. I don't know how it doesn't hit. Uh, it just makes all around too much sense to me. I like the Patriots minus five and a half at home against the Colts. Uh, the Colts are an absolute dumpster fire right now. Two weeks ago, they got rid of, well, they didn't get rid of Matt Ryan, but uh, they benched Matt Ryan. Sam Ellinger did not look good last week against the Commanders. The Patriots defense is better than the Commanders defense. Um, the Patriots historically play well at home. Um, and I, I feel like the Patriots in general are outside of that Chicago loss a few weeks back. They're on the rise, um, especially after a big win on the road against the Jets. They get to come home. I don't know. It just, it just makes a lot of sense to me. I think the Patriots are capable of putting up 20 some points. And I don't think with Sam Ellinger, uh, the Colts are going to put up more than, I don't know, maybe 13, 14. Interesting. I, I like it. I don't love it. So I think it's probably going to hit, but the fact you said they're on the rise after losing to the bears makes my heart warm and fuzzy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, I know that's a big exclusion, uh, but outside of that game, over the past three weeks, or I guess four weeks, excluding that game, they beat the Lions 29 to nothing. They beat the Browns 38-15, and then they beat the Jets uh, by five last week. So I think they can beat the Colts by six or more. All right, I like it. Um, Let's see. So we talked about our locks of the week, which – to be fair, it doesn't sound like any of us are very confident, <laughs> um, which means it's going to hit. Obviously, uh, it's when you have a lot of confidence that betting does not go well. Um, but speaking of lack of confidence, our long shot bets of the week Bean, we'll kick it off to you. Plus 200 odds or higher. Who do you like? So I went for an alternate line this week. Um, and I'm going against a Vegas favorite in this matchup. It's the Arizona Cardinals hosting my Seahawks. And I've gone for the Seahawks minus five and a half at plus 203. The Seahawks had the Cardinals number last week. And I know DeAndre Hopkins is back and everything, but they still lost by uh, a one-score game to the Vikings. I think that the Seahawks have a sneaky good de- defense. Um, and a much better run game than the Cardinals right now, who probably will be without, I don't know if the James Conner will be coming back this week, but I think, I think the Seahawks could like easily win this game. I actually like that pick. Um, the new call of duty came out. Kyler Murray is going to be distracted. Uh, <laughs> the car, the Cardinals have not been playing well at home. Um, Geno Smith is as hot as ever. Hopefully Tyler Lockett got over his dropsies. Um, And the Seahawks already beat the Cardinals by 10 earlier this year. So just a few weeks ago. Um, So yeah, if they already won by 10, I don't see why they can't win by six this time on the road. Yep. Um, Mitch, your long shot. 
All right. To come back, I loved Bean's lock so much that I went completely against him and Vegas for an alternate line commanders minus three at exactly plus 200. Gross. Oh my God. Gross. <laughs> because I, I hate it. So much. It's going <laughs> Mitch, is Chase Young coming back this week? Wait, no, he's out know, for the season, right? But Heineke needs to get himself another pair of Jordans. And this time, <laughs> they're going to be purple and gold. The only Ooh. thing, the only thing that makes me a little bit nervous that your bet is going to be right is that uh, the game is not in Minnesota. But the Commanders aren't overly good at home. Uh, the Vikings have just been winning, period, end of story. But, yeah, I, I hate that pick. I, I mean, I guess that's why they call it a long shot, but I really hate that pick. Sometimes you got to fade all common sense, boys. Mitch, for the sake of our parlay, I, I hope your long shot does not hit. <laughs> agreed, agreed. But it'd be way more electric that way, just saying. It, it, it would. It would make me want to tear my hair out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the, the commanders are on uh... – I, I mean, this is the battle of the win streaks right here. The Commanders are on a three-game win streak. The Vikings are on a five-game win streak. Um, but no, I, I don't love it. I don't love it, Mitch. But <laughs> speaking of games I don't love, it's my long shot bet of the week. Um, I made this mistake last week picking the Packers – money line over the bills. I'm not going to make the same mistake this week. Instead, I'm taking the Jets plus 6 against the Bills for plus 202. Um I don't like the Jets to win this game. I do think they will rebound a little bit after um that tough Patriots loss last week. Um but I think they can keep it within a score. Um the Bills are obviously an amazing team and very capable of covering the full 13-point spread. But, I mean, they slowed down in the second half against the Packers to let a backdoor cover last week. Um, their last three road games, they have not covered the spread. Or I guess they did against the Chiefs, but they won by four against the Chiefs. They won by three against the uh, Ravens, and then they lost in Miami. So the Bills, they love the the backdoor covers and the away covers against them. So Jets plus six. I like it. Away division game. Well, the the Jets the Jets are at home. So oh yeah, the bill the Bills are away. So it's it should be a tight tighter game than than if it was in Orchard Park. True. Yeah. Uh, although I will say the Jets are one and three. They, all three of their losses have come at home this year. Oops. <laughs> but it's okay. We love it. We love it anyway. Hey, that's what you get for being the New York Jets instead of the New Jersey Net Jets. So. <laughs> uh, cool. So that's our long shot bets. Uh, let's transition to our over-unders. Uh, Mitch, your favorite over. Uh, this, should, this is maybe a surprise. Uh, the Dolphins and the Bears at over 45 and a half. I think both offenses have showed a little bit of life as of late. Both defenses have showed that they might not be quite as good as we had expected, especially the Bears trading away a good defensive player and getting an offensive player. To me, I think this game could easily hit 
48-51. Not like 48-51, but like total points, 48 or 51. So, uh, yeah, it's going over. Cool. I love it. Uh, speaking of overs, Mitch, Ohio University just scored a touchdown uh, to hit the over in the first Maction game of the year. Shout out to us for being on that and riding the Maction overs. We don't always lose all of our bets. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday night football, baby. <laughs> um, Bean, your favorite over. Well, I've gone for an interesting one this week. The Las Vegas Raiders at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The over was 48, I believe. Uh, I think this is a game where the Raiders probably just come back firing on offense a little bit, give their fans a little bit of hope. Devontae Adams is not going to have three yards for two games in a row. And Derek Carr is not going to have – how many yards of passing did he have? Like 38 or something? He had 101. 101? Well, same thing, right? (laughs) Basically. Yeah, but and I think, I think they're just they're gonna come up and give points and make points. Uh that that one concerns me. I, yeah, I think I could see it be that being the case, but I could also see this game being like a seventeen thirteen final. Um, yeah, no, Bean's definitely right because that's my under. oh i love that i love that uh mitch i'll go back to my over here in a second i'm curious on your reasoning for that under uh i just looked at i was like both of these offenses are dead i think there might be more interceptions thrown than touchdowns in this game so to me that does not breed points what if it's big sixes Uh, i don't think they're that good (laughs) the defenses are not that good Yeah, I mean, a Travis Etienne, though, I mean, he's he's looking good. I mean, he's looking decent. Is he going to score 48 on his own, though? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you, Mitch. But uh, you never know. You never know. Overs and unders, are, uh, they're a funny thing. And especially with overs, they can always hit. Indeed. Um, all right. Well, go, going back to our last over is mine. Um, we talked about this game a lot already. I had the Vikings and the commanders over 43 and a half. Uh, when I saw that over under, I loved it and immediately jumped on it. Um, the Vikings are capable of putting up a lot of points. Taylor Heineke is always electric. Um, and while they, the commanders don't put up a lot of points, the defense is susceptible to some points. Uh, the Vikings offense is averaging 25 points per game and their defense is giving up 21 points per game. Um, so not only does that let the Vikings cover, but that also hits the over. I like so, that. Uh, yeah. Over 43 and a half. Uh, Bean, you're under. All right. I've gone for a more realistic under, I guess. Um, but Detroit Lions and Packers, 50 points. Come on. That's that's a little bit high. Even for their standards, it's probably going to be a game where the running backs are going to have a field day. So a lot of clock's going to be milked. Um, the Packers just got put up points at the moment. I know I know the, the, the Lions can, but 50 is kind of high. Um, so, yeah, that's under I'm going for. I like it. I do like that one a lot. Um, I think both offenses are going to run the ball all over the defenses. But um, – Again, I think it was Mitch that just said it. Running backs 
score, but they don't score quickly and the clock milks. Yep. So um, yeah, I, 50 is a lot of points. Yeah, I, I really do love that one. I honestly didn't even see it on my first pass through, but I do like it a lot. Yeah, uh, I'll wrap up our unders. I had Titans at the Chiefs under 46 and a half. Um, I think the Chiefs are very capable of putting up points. However, uh, the Titans, their defense is is good. And uh, over the past couple years is has given the Chiefs fits a few times. Um, Malik Willis starting at quarterback, um, which I know Ryan Tannehill is currently questionable, but, um, I mean, I, I gotta think he's going to come back from sickness. Actually, Oh, I might just second guess myself. I forgot Ryan Tannehill was probably going to be coming back. Hmm. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, no, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it. I know the Chiefs defense has been susceptible to points, and I know the Titans uh, are, but they're in their offense is good at putting up points, but I'm going to stick with it. My initial instinct, the Titans have been in a lot of low-scoring games this year, and uh, I think that they can limit the Chiefs and probably not score much themselves. So we're going to go under 46.5 in that game. Yeah, I really want to see what Derrick Henry's carry over under is for this game when it comes out because I think it's going to be somewhere around the 35 to 40 range. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's the Titans formula for having a chance against the Chiefs. They're opening up as 12 and a half point dogs. Um they've got to just run the ball all over the Chiefs and keep it out of Mahomes' hands. Right. Yeah, so to me that screams a under game if the if the Titans can have success running the football. Yeah, exactly. That's why that's why I was like, you know, Malik Willis, Ryan Tannehill, I don't know that it makes a huge difference in in which quarterback starts because again, running the football is going to be the name of their game. So, that's what I'm going with. Like it. Um cool. Well, that wraps wraps up our our weekly betting preview. Um as my dog tries to get into the closet with me. Um Let's see. Game of the week is our last segment. Uh, and then we'll circle back and touch on any games we didn't talk much about. Uh, so, Mitch, I'll jump right back to you. What's your game of the week this week? You know, I don't really love in particular very many of these games. I think if I had to pick one, it'd be the Titans-Chiefs game we were just talking about. Uh, both of these teams are currently first place in their respective divisions. Uh, you know, the Chiefs, I think, can really take a stranglehold on it if they go to 6-2. and two. Um, I don't think anybody else is super great. But saying that, the Titans, I think, can effectively win the division this week with a win. Um, so to me, that becomes really interesting, seeing how Derrick Henry responds, seeing what their quarterback situation is going into the future. Um, if I had an honorable mention uh, game for this upcoming week, I would also pick the Bills-Jets. I just think it's kind of a fascinating division matchup. Yeah, definitely two great games. Uh, Bean, your game of the week. So my honorable mention for game of the week is the one in Tampa. It's the Buccaneers hosting the Rams. Uh, it's pretty obvious one, two struggling quarterbacks, two struggling offensive lines, two teams struggling to run the ball. And the Bucks have had Mike Evans with drops and Cooper Cup with you know, injury troubles. Literally nothing is going right for them. And, and you know, 
the 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 Bucks haven't replaced OJ Howard at tight end, so that's an interesting matchup to see who like bear the brunt of that loss. But my game of the week is the uh, Monday night game, the Saints against the Ravens, um, because I think this is gonna be this 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 is gonna have a surprising result. I feel or like some surprising plays because the Ravens last week when they were losing, they were like, oh. Wait, the Bucks have a terrible run defense. Let's just run the ball for the whole second half, and you saw what happened. Um, the Saints, though, are a little more smarter, I believe, to like the run game uh, and how they defend that. We'll see if Andy Dalton plays or Jameis Winston, um, and you know whether Alvin Kamara can be back. You know, rushing for ninety-six yards, uh, sixty-two yards, and receiving for ninety-six again with three touchdowns this week. So I think that's an intriguing game. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to that one as well. Um, my game of the week, uh, I think it's kind of funny one, but I think it's going to be a good game. I had the Packers and the Lions. Um, I don't think it's going to be the blowout that Mitch thinks it's going to be. I think the Lions are going to play it close. I think they're going to put up some decent points. Um, I think they have the potential to win this game. So... Um, I don't know, especially at home at Ford Field. I think the Lions can win it, but I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. All right. Games we did not talk about. Chargers. I'm surprised nobody, nobody talked about this game. The Chargers who were uh, up there in the Super Bowl conversation to start the year, but have since been on the decline with injuries. Um facing the really red hot Falcons in Atlanta. I don't know. What do you guys think? This could, this could be another game that goes to overtime because the game before, I think the game before the chargers went on by was the, uh, the game against the, the Broncos, wasn't it? Where they needed their injured kicker to like win the game for them. I think this might be one of those games where like both teams are like, Oh, I don't want to win. You don't want to win. I don't want to win. It could end up being another 37-34 like the Panthers game was last week for the Falcons. So it should be intriguing. I, I would love a shootout in this game. Justin Herbert needs to come back in clutch for me. I had some quarterback PTSD after this last week in fantasy, so uh, that's why I was refraining from speaking about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I mean... As much as I like Justin Herbert this week, I hope he has an off week and, you know, gets picked off four or five times, um, you know, stays healthy and, and has a great rest of the season. But for this this week, hoping he has a drop off. But I do like the Chargers minus three, to be honest. Um, I think everyone's hot on the Falcons. I think the Chargers are going to come come back rested and, and uh, flex their muscles a little bit and show that they are a legitimate playoff team. Yeah, I think the big question is if Keenan Allen can play this week or not. He's only played a few games this year. It's been a yeah. big missing piece of the offense. True that, true that. Um, we didn't talk Dolphins-Bears much. Um, I, I know, Mitch, you said you like the over in that game. I do. Um, but do you like the Bears to keep it within five points? Um, I mean, I think they have a chance. I mean, Bears plus 170 money line. Don't know if I love it. Don't know if I hate it. Um, I'm curious to see how much Claypool plays in this game, if at all. Um, I think that'll be a big step going forward. 
it's two pretty young quarterbacks going at it. So I think it'll be interesting to see what mistakes are made in this game on the offensive side of the ball and how that affects the outcome. Mitch, I'm completely like on the opposite of you on the, on this game. I think the Dolphins are just going to run over the Bears. Um, sorry, throw over the Bears. Um, it's this might be a game where like Tua has like 400 yards and five touchdowns, two interceptions. Oh, I mean, I could definitely see that happening because the Bears' defense is not that great, especially yeah, and losing their two best defensive players the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, and Fields is probably going to throw like six times the whole game, knowing Eberflus. I mean, he doesn't have to throw that much, though. That's the thing. Like, he could throw six times and run at 15, and they could be, you know, down by four. That's true. Yeah, I being I'm with you, I like the Dolphins in this game a lot. Uh, they're still undefeated in games where uh, Tua plays the entire game. So I think that's going to continue. Uh, we didn't talk at all about Panthers, Bengals. Uh, Bengals are favored by seven, even after that utter collapse against the Browns. But I think they'll cover that. The Panthers aren't good on the uh, way side of the ball. The Bengals are back home. Uh, they're going to right the ship. This is a get-right game for them, and they'll be just fine. Yep. This is where Joe Burrow comes back and throws for 400 yards in the first half again. <laughs> Honestly. Um, let's see. We talked about basically all of the rest of the games i know we're missing a few games like i said um so yeah any other notes on our our week nine slate no i mean we have to enjoy the manning cast this week because it's not back again until week 13 so uh i will concur that i'm very interested in that monday night game i did not realize that that makes me a little bit sad i know i just (laughs) looked it up and i got very sad if you guys willingly watch the Troy Aikman and Joe Buck like <laughs> telecast, then there's something wrong with you. <laughs> I, Just I, in general. I've, the conclusion I've come to is I like their broadcast better if I'm like not actively watching the game, like if I'm cooking dinner or something while the game's going on, um, because I can actually like hear the play by play. Um, whereas the Mannings go off on really long tangents, so I have no idea what's actually happening in the game. Um, (laughs) But if I'm actively watching the game, I like to to listen to the Mannings. Agreed. Yeah. Anything else on our week nine slate? We got some good games, and uh, maybe we'll, we'll find the answers to our question of what in the world is going on in the NFC. Hey, we know two... Well, three teams who went in with the with with well, I guess the Giants with a decent record, but the Cowboys and the 49ers getting convincing wins. The 49ers getting back on track. Um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. And the the two AFC teams, the the Broncos winning in London. You said there's not going to be Russell Wilson jokes. Like, just just watch. There'll be a video of him like doing high knees while trekking up a mountain in Colorado or something. Yeah, the the uh, bye week is the perfect time to film more subway ads. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and then the Browns winning by like three scores against the Bengals. Uh, unfortunately, the Steelers could not replicate something similar against the Eagles. It would have been the biggest shock of the week. But yeah, the mixed mixed bag for the bye week, uh, bye week teams as well. For sure, for sure. I think uh, – Everyone in Pittsburgh is hoping Matt Canada gets fired this week, but uh, the Steelers are not a team that typically do that, so we'll see. 
All right. Well, that wraps up our show this week. Um, guys, thank you as always for recording. Um, it's late for me. I know it's even later for you guys. Uh, to the listeners, thank you for tagging along. Uh, really appreciate the support. Uh, if you'd like more content, we do live tweet some games at dgen underscore football on Twitter. Um, but besides that, good luck on all your betting endeavors. We are the DGen Football Podcast, and we will see you next week. Thank you.